Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show is the Walter Sobchak to my dude. He is the funniest uh, attorney I know, and that's saying something because I know quite a few. Uh, he's the hardest working man in rock and roll. He's the hardest working man in Hillsborough County. Uh, I'm amazed that I was able to peel him away from running around, you know, having 10 conversations at once. Welcome to the show, John Hackworth. Thank you for the kind words, Josh, and don't worry, I'll be emailing and texting while we're here. Okay, yeah. So I can maintain yeah, a relationship. We'll, we'll stop so. this 20 times for cell phone calls and everything else. Business, business is always ongoing. So, uh, I am trying to think of the first time that I was aware of you. Uh, you all of a sudden came out of the blue. I just remember you were all over social media, and it was—I can't pronounce your old partner's name. Is it Blumauer? Blumenauer, yes. Blumenauer, <clears throat> Blumenauer, and Hackworth. You're everywhere, and you had there was a case that you had. It was like a hit and run, or there was there's some case where you were on the news. I don't know if you represented the victim or you represented the defendant, or it was. Um... It was the first of those catastrophic one-way, wrong-way drivers we right. had. Right, we had where, like four of them in the course of a month or something correct. like that. Correct. Um, I represented the owner of the vehicle who did not give consent to the driver who, um, in essence, he killed five people, five U, USF students who were coming from Ybor City or South Tampa. Um, really a terrible case. I mean, very, very, very sad. And that was like right in the beginning of you leaving Cole Scott and Cassane, wasn't it? It was close to the beginning, yes. I mean, you'd only been out from, from, private, from, from that firm, from the big firm for like a year roughly yes yeah yeah so uh the greatest thing about john hackworth if you know him or even if you don't know him is whenever you see him he's already in the middle of a conversation with you like you have to play catch up <laughs> it's like he's been talking to you for 30 minutes and you didn't realize it or he talks about things that he just expects that you know and after a while in context i can kind of catch up but he's he's operating on a different frequency from most people that you'll have the pleasure to come into contact with. And, and, and so one of my questions is, where did you come from? Is that, is that, <laughs> is that you? Is that your parents? Is that the town you grew up in? Like who made you? Who's, no, who's, it's, who's responsible for John Hackworth? It, it's not that at all. Um, I'm from Charleston, West Virginia. I, I actually started in a place called Bell and then DuPont city named after DuPont, the yeah, chemical, sure. the chemical company. Uh, we're famous for uh, Randy Moss and Jason Williams. Those are the Randy Moss and Jason two, Williams. Yeah, the two primary exports aside from uh, Dupont and Occidental Chemicals. That's not where the Dupont family lived, was it? No, 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 okay. no, no. They just made their chemicals there. Okay. They they would never. <laughs> they live were there. smart enough to not make their chemicals near where they lived. That's uh my my son. He goes to school now, and they have like shooter drills. When I was growing up, we had chemical spill drills. We'd just sit in the hallway. <laughs> Watch out your eyes. No, they would like uh, sit us in the hallway. They'd put these air filters in. They would duct tape the doors. And I remember being a little kid thinking like, man. The duct tape probably wouldn't stop. Well, stuff. just like ducking under your desk isn't going to be yeah, much just, of a, a bomb. But it made us feel better. Hey, if it ever happens, it happens. I think it happened like once when I was in school. But um, I went to a uh, relatively small Catholic school than a bigger small Catholic school. Um, I don't know where that came from. I think um, I try to wake up with a plan and I try to move fast through my day so I can get home sooner because that's the highlight of my day. And I think if I talk faster, I can try to get there sooner. Well, what is Hackworth? Is that English? Are you Wasp? English. What's your, yeah. yeah. And and what was what was your mom's maiden name? Um, <clears throat> Acres. And before that, it was Petrella, which is like really cool because I A thought I was... A little bit of Italian in there. I thought I was Italian. But no? I did a DNA test. I'm like 4%. My mom's like super mad about it. Oh, no. What else was in there? Uh, I was mostly English. Yeah. And oh. the funniest thing is, let me see if I can find it. Um, just like every idiot, I paid to have my my DNA stored, um, the DNA database, you can see Ancestry.com. Um, burned down in a forest fire out in California? Well, it, it lists where people with your genetic makeup are from. Let me see if I can sign in while we're here. I did the same thing, and I was surprised. So I, I, I've always, you know, knew that I was pretty much Irish with a couple of other things you thrown look in. It. But I uh, <laughs> was surprised to learn that I was 10% Ashkenazi Jew. Uh, and so immediately I started texting Jesse Berkowitz, Matt Lundy, uh, Lauren Pincus, like every Jewish attorney I knew. I was like, I'm one of you. I'm one of you. Where, where are we having the meetings? And so I, I got some pretty, uh, funny re responses back from them, but, uh, now, now I need to go back to the motherland. I, uh, you know. And you have a good you have a good story when you go back too. I do. Well, do you, do you know about the Ashkenazi Jew? The, I do not. Oh, it's a it's a pretty the pretty interesting story. Their pilgrimage and, and kind of their history. But 
Anyway, so did you, get, did you bring it up yet? I'm trying to find it. It's loading. Of course. The yeah. fine well, folks the here com. sucks. It's all right. But uh, anyway, so uh, so are you telling me that it's just your personality that you're trying Fuck to get a lot is. done? Is that is that? It's exactly it. I just want to get home. All right. So um, my makeup is literally found in one place in the world. Oh, man, I lost it. It's such a good story, too. Are you telling me there's there's no way there's not like a ton of incest there? No, just wait. Wait, there's more. So my wife did it, too, and hers is, like, all across the Midwest. She's like, oh, what was her maiden name? Uh, Schnebly. She actually kind of kept it. Yeah. What She's, is, like, Swiss. Schnebly? Swiss okay. and German. Okay. Yeah, she around the border. It? It's hyphenated. Okay. All right, so in the world, quite literally, the only place with my genetic makeup. Oh, my Lord. Southern West Virginia. It's like your hometown. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? It's like your Superman, like a meteor hit there, and you just kind of spread like it's a... It's just us. Yeah, like a plague across the land. Supposedly, my people were... Um, they worked on railroads. Okay. It's kind of weird. My people. <laughs> yeah, so I guess they like found just a natural fit in southern West Virginia. I can see you swinging an axe around. It's uh, not now. Yeah. If you could, just from coronavirus, if you could feel how soft my hands oh, yeah. are right now. You've just melted any trace of fingerprint have, you have off with I have uh, I, I have become purely dependent on Uber Eats for my food. Um, I cut two trees Because those drivers clearly don't have it or the people that are handling your food at the place you're it's ordering sealed. your food it's from. Sealed. It's sealed. I like to go to open kitchens Yeah. that way I can watch my food being made. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't act like Mike Bloomberg. I'm not a Subway guy. But, um, you know, the bricks in Ebor, I can watch my food being made. That way if it's coughed on, I can you just can get up and leave. Do a new one, yeah. Um, no, I we've we've turned off Uber Eats, but yeah, no any any like railroad hardworking blue collar heritage unfortunately has been melted away by uh, being a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, it's actually it's humiliating. Are you the first lawyer in the family? Yes, my dad was an engineer, my mom was an executive assistant. Um, Are they both still around? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. My dad actually works in my office. Um, my mom's dad ran a company store. He grew up in a town called Ward, West Virginia, which is a coal mining town, which doesn't exist anymore. It's quite literally just like concrete oh, wow. building. It's pretty sad. Um, that's where they met. So war, they have a reunion. It's sad every year. It's like 10 less people because they die off. Um, then on my dad's side, my grandfather sold insurance. He was pretty outgoing. And then my grandma, who passed away in May, um, she worked at banks. She was okay. like a bank teller. How long did you stay in Virginia? Um, West or Best West, Virginia, as West, we call West it. Best Virginia. Um, I was there until I went to WVU. First, I played baseball at Western Wesleyan. Uh, so that, that reminds me, very early on, I just, for some reason, I remember this con conversation. You said something to the effect of, I was an old junk ball thrower. Was a junk was, ball pitcher, man. And that I had no hard. idea what that is. And you explained, explain to the people listening what a junk ball pitcher is. Um, well, it's for people like me that couldn't throw hard enough, other than to, like, if I hit you in the eyes, it'd raise a pimple. Um, lots of breaking balls, trying to place the ball. Um, I think you have a family member who played for Vanderbilt, right? My, my nephew, John, he, he was on the show a couple episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, he throws the ball like really hard. I yeah. could never do that. Yeah. Um, so I played Washington Wesley for a year and a half. Um, got hurt. More importantly, realized I was never going to get paid to play baseball. And um, weird, my professors that were teaching me were actually coming from WVU. So I made like the first responsible decision of my life and decided I didn't want to have like 40 grand in student loans. So I went to WVU, uh, finished up there. Uh, WVU is an awesome place. Still love it. Um, our basketball team's having a rough month, but a rough two months, I guess. Um, finished up there, then went to Stetson. Stetson. Yes, and the funniest it. part is... Um, Wait, what year did you start Stetson? 07, 2007. All right. So I, um, the funniest part was my uncle lives in Orlando, so I left Pittsburgh Airport in an ice storm. Quite literally, I got stuck in the airport for a day and a half. So I come to Orlando, my uncle says, hey, we're going to go check out Stetson. It's awesome. So I drive to DeLand. And we're like driving around. I'm on like my phone trying to find where the law school is. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I think this place is in St. Pete. I was like, is that somewhere? He's like, oh, yeah, like two hours away. Yeah, we can't go. The other side of the state. Yeah, it was fantastic. So I've been to both Stetsons, which makes me feel like, um, you know, I have a unique Stetson yeah, yeah, background. Yeah. Um, then I, after um, that summer, or excuse me, this late spring, I decided where I was going to go. My dad and I were going to tour uh, Stetson, Miami, and LSU. Um, we came to Tampa. And my dad's like, this place isn't too bad. And I was like, it's really not. Yeah. So I, I never went to Miami and looked at it, and I never went to Baton Rouge. And then they ended up moving down here. They they moved down here this summer. Yeah, they both retired. Just this past summer. Correct. Oh, that's yeah, like how's April, that been? May. 
It's cool. Yeah? Yeah, it's cool. Especially if they're listening, it's awesome. Especially if they're listening. If they're yeah. not, it's, it's all right. Yeah. I've tried to get my dad to listen to podcasts because uh, he was vice president of a coal company. And it's like a lot of time you're just driving around. Yeah. He just can't Won't conceptualize podcasts. He's so, big on Netflix, so he just finished Narcos. He finished Narcos in two weeks. All of them? All of them. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. It's that's what amazing. I That's what I hope for my retirement is just To knock out Netflix five episodes in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Stetson, so 2000, you said 2005 or 2007? Uh, 07 to 2010 is when I passed the bar. Okay. So, did you go there at the same time as Damian McKinney or just after? Um, I was just after him. Okay. Uh, and when you were there, did you do like the NBA program, trial team, moot court? Yeah, I stuff? wasn't. Um, I tried out for trial team. I wasn't a good enough trial attorney. Um, so, they didn't put me on it. Um, I worked while I was in law school, too. So, I couldn't Where'd really you work? do it. Um, I worked for the brilliant Michael Maddox. Oh, wow. Um, then I worked for Gray Sanders, Barbara Sanders, Nunez, Butler, Hovsepian. I worked primarily with Gray. Those guys are great lawyers. I refer a lot of work over there. They do employment work. Give them a shout out. Okay. Um, fantastic lawyers. Um, I think Steve Barbas is one of the smartest people I've ever been around. Gray Sanders, obviously, is too. Those are the two primary guys I worked with. So you did with. that all through law school? I did it through my... Um, I have to make sure I comply with the ABA requirements for how much you can work in law school. Oh, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're going to go back and pull the degree. You, know, you never know. Um, I worked for Michael Maddox. Uh, it was me, Jen Simchak, Gabby De La Salles. We worked between our first and second years. It was awesome. Michael's a great lawyer, great man. Um, new dad, too, by the way. Um, we did primarily civil rights litigation. Then that I must worked. have been cool. It was. It's a different way to look at the law, too. You know, I think so much of... Um, I think the right way to say this. So much of what we do in the criminal defense realm is, you know, um, kind of on the defense side, it's being uh, dealing with the state coming at you, right? Yeah. And civil rights work is kind of the opposite. Turning the tables, yeah. Exactly. Do you know Luke Laroe? I do know Luke. Luke yeah. and I actually tried to murder together. Did you really? That you was... wait, I think I know that. Did I know that? Were you involved in the Scientology thing with him? <laughs> I can't talk not, about it. It's okay. Well, it's okay. Not that part of it, okay, but. but... Uh, we had Scientology issues coming up during jury selection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Luke's an awesome attorney. Um, I, I've been, he's promised me that he's going to come on, and if you know Luke, he's kind of hard to nail down. Well, and, you know, the, it, there was a third trial attorney who tried the case with us, but Luke and I um, ended up doing a, a significant amount of the questioning. And uh, first off, we had a lot of fun. It was with uh, Judge Federico in Pinellas County, oh, who wow. I think is a great judge. And um, <laughs> there was just a lot well, of you're sharp, like Luke sharp. Federico's sharp, so I could only imagine. Well, and um, our jury selection took, I think it was like two and a half days. And at one point, I just got up and left to go to the bathroom. And uh, Judge Federico pulls me on the bench. He's like, you okay? Yeah, why? He goes, I thought you were falling asleep. I said, no, I just had to pee so bad. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I wonder when you were going to take a break. And he goes, is that what you did? And I said, yeah, I couldn't hold it anymore. I said, I'm going to pee my pants. He's like, I didn't want you to either, Mr. Hackworth. Thank you. And uh, it took us two and a half days to find a jury, which was weird. Yeah. Um, but, you know, trying case with him's awesome. He always has his hands over his head. Um, and I think people don't think he's paying attention. But I'll tell you, from spending a week with him, Federico? he's correct. You can't get anything by him. He is sharp as it comes. He's a fantastic judge. Is he a career crime over there now? Or uh, Yeah, Division M. Yeah. They call it like loose. Monster Court. Did you ever get to go in front of Loose? I did two or three times, I think, when I was a PD to cover things. Yeah. But that was a different world. He was like Hannibal Lecter sitting up there. The, the, <laughs> he was just scared everybody that walked in that room. Well, career criminal is a scary place to well, be. Well, yeah, I mean, anyway. it's, 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 yeah, any, any way you look. Um, so after Stetson, where'd you go? Um, initially, I went to the Pinellas Public Defender's Office. With Dillinger. Great office. How long uh, did you work there? 13 months. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, um, then I went to Cole Scott and Cassane. Why, why only 13 months? Um... You know, I think a number of factors. Number one, my wife was a school teacher. She was making uh, a significant amount of money, more than I was. My student loans were coming due. Um, I enjoyed the work. It's a great office. There's a lot of good attorneys there. Um, it's extremely well run. I think Mr. Dillinger is a fantastic boss. Um, I, I <clears throat> He was awesome. He was awesome from the day he hired me. Even when I went and gave my notice, he was awesome. Um, he lets people be lawyers. He's yeah. not hands-on. He doesn't run stats on people. Um, Politically, did you identify more with that office than the state, or was it just kind of whoever hired you? Um, I think I kind of know the answer to this question, so I'm well. No, Dillinger is. I mean, he's like an NRA marksman. Yeah. yeah. Um, but honestly, that office, the Dillinger side of it, um, as long as you were there, you're trying cases, you're challenging the state. Um, there were never issues with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, I never. Um, the the most of the attorneys I hung out with, um, 
we're like-minded. Yeah. Um, and we tried a lot of cases. I mean, there were times where I was trying three cases a week. Um, but, you know, you just hit a point where it was time to start a family. And, unfortunately, you really can't do it on what we were There's being paid some, there. I love some – my public defenders were uh, Greg Williams. Yep. Uh, Michael Purple Haze. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Sarah – is it Malo or Paula, whoever's taken yeah. over for Dillinger now? She was in there, and then Lori Sweet. Those were yeah. all the PDs when I was up in Division A in front of uh, Timothy Peters, our did Timothy you, Peters. Well, did you know Ron Idy when he was there? Yeah. Ron um, kind of, I would say, like mentored my group. Yeah. And he was awesome. Yeah. I mean, he was just, he was fantastic. I I, I was at the state, and I, I, I really wanted to like go hang out with the PDs. I just thought they were the, the cool kids in the state, with, like we all know. the nerds at the time. Well, the wildest thing was like, um, when I was there, a weird situation arose where I had to be fingerprinted. Oh, yeah? And um, <laughs> the state attorneys, instead of calling me and saying, hey, we're going to subpoena you to be fingerprinted, um, you know how they have, like, the the like PA yeah. to call you? Hey, Mr. Hackworth, there's somebody at the front. I'm thinking, like, oh, it's a client or something. Or, you know, so you were already working there. there. Correct. Um, so I, you know, expect, like, a client to show up or somebody to ask for something. I come out. Um, this investigator walks up to me, grabs my badge off my hip, puts it to the side of my face. Mr. Hackworth, you've been served with subpoena, da, 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 da. And I'm like, why, why didn't you just call me? Yeah. And he's like, you've been served. You must appear, da, 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 da. And I was like, you could have just called me. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't, I'm why not trying to hide. You? I don't even understand. I mean, so there was a, it or? well, there was a threat, um, that was made to certain people and the letter came through my hands. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's just weird. And I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to mention the names or anything, but, um, my fingers, ha my fingerprints had to be rolled for exclusion. Oh, okay. And I was just kind of like, guys, you could have called. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would have gladly complied. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was something needed to be done. So it wasn't like I was going to run or hide, right. but instead they like, you yeah, know, literally like ripped all, my badge off. Yeah. There's weird goings on. I was having conversations the other, uh, I mean, they could have faxed me notice or written me a letter. I was talking with a buddy of mine who was a prosecutor over there the other night. And he was telling me that when they did their interview, uh, they were asking him how many times he smokes marijuana. And he goes, um, two. And they were like, what? And, and why did you do that? And he was like, uh, peer pressure. <laughs> and, yeah. and by the way, it wasn't two. Yeah, it was <laughs> probably that morning. Squiggly you know. line, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, so. Yeah, it's funny, those offices, you know, they, they kind of, I think they know what goes on, but they portray themselves like they don't. Well, and <clears throat> again, you know, these are the guys you're working with every day. And um, the line prosecutors were like, hey, sorry. Yeah, sorry. We, I we didn't mean take to do that. Yeah, yeah, and it was kind of like, this really works a lot better, you know. Yeah. And again, I worked with really great line prosecutors, and I, I get along with the Pinellas County State Attorney's Office fine, which just cracked me up. It was like... You know, they, I, like I was evading service. They, For like, sure. Rip my badge off. Oh my god! How was uh, Cole Scott and Hussein? Um, it's a different work environment. Was it insurance defense? You're insurance doing defense. Yeah, I think they're the biggest. They were the biggest firm in the state when I was there. Were you um, at the one right by International Mall? That building over there? Or? Yes, on okay. West Boy Scout. Yeah. Um, I worked with. I had a, a fantastic partner, a guy named Howard Scholl, who I learned a lot from. Um, uh, Aaron McGarry was another guy I worked with. Uh, he was my managing partner. He was. Uh, he's a fantastic attorney great attorney how many years did you do there um about 13 months too that's your magic number it's my magic number and i'm now stuck at hackworth law and i've made it more than 13 months you're like probably 13 years it's yeah it's terrifying yeah so uh <laughs> as part and aside from civil work uh we were just talking before the show about legal billing and billable hours i imagine that must have been a crash course for you there's um there as with all insurance defense firms it's uh it's it's uh, your bread and butter is, is your billing. Sure. <laughs> Did anybody teach you or you, were you just left to figure it out? Um, I think it's more of an issue of their expectations. And when you don't meet those expectations, they'll pro they'll provide guidance on how to meet those demands, those expectations. Were you able to pick it up pretty quickly? Because it's, it's definitely a, an art form that uh, has abated me at points in my career. <laughs> it is. I mean, um, you know, I think I was fortunate to have good people around me that kind of showed me how to get it done. And... Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I was kind of taught that, you know, attorneys, the only thing we sell is our time and our time is our guidance. And if you can capture as much of that time, you're really just uh, capturing as much of your product. And if you're giving it away, you know, yeah. nobody's ever going to pay for it. And yeah, and you, you know, when you started out, I think you might have been married, but you didn't have kids yet. But when you have those kids coming, you got a second one on the way. 
your time and your money becomes, you know, 10 times as valuable. <laughs> Correct. And uh, your your family starts taking, instead of 0.1s, they start taking 1.5s yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basketball practice becomes a 1.3 as opposed to a 0.1. Yeah. Attorneys will know what we're talking about, or people that are <laughs> in the middle of a divorce will know what we're talking they about. They will. And, you know, and that's, uh, uh, I used to have managing partners who would tell me, hey, millions are made on 0.1s. Yeah. I mean, that's where you capture your time are the quick emails, the do? responses. What do you do with emails? How do you build your emails? Generally, point one per email. Do you? Unless it's a, if it, it's like um, a one-word response. You'll yeah, if it's like a one-word response, or if it's like a back and forth, yeah. where you know, are you available this day? No, I'm available that day, and not that. Um, I think you have to set a standard though, um, and you have to at least go by it. Otherwise, you're going to run into situations where you're building one file one way and another file another way, and I don't know that. I don't know if that's fair to anybody. And candidly, it's, it would make it just hell to keep up with your billing too. Well, we were talking about Liz Miller before the show, and she was on the she was on the podcast earlier. She's doing uh, consulting stuff, and actually, Liz and I are writing a book now on, on legal billing and billable hours. And she left her book here. She no, I bought that book. Really? Yeah. Something fell out of it. Give me a second. That's right. Is it is it drugs or is it cash or is it a bookmark? It's They're business cards. Business cards. Nothing, Unfortunately. Nothing exciting. Sorry. Sorry I was. Folks. I actually was just hoping it wasn't a bookmark. A little bit then of you're a, to, you're a, to start over. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's one of the big things that she talks with me about is you can cut them a deal at the end, you know, but don't do it as you go because you just don't know how long that case is going to take. And you got you got you got to have that formula that you're working on at the end. If you want to write off a, a portion of your bill, go ahead and do it, but don't do it on you know, an a la carte basis. Well, everybody likes 10% off. Well, almost as much as they like 20% off. <laughs> uh, but in any event, so um, when you left Cole Scott and Kassain, did you know you were going to go out on your own? or? I did. Um, one of my best friends from uh, law school, a guy named Jeff Blumenauer, had started his own firm out of Stetson because he was with uh, U.S. Jack, Army Jack. Jack yeah. He went to Citadel. Great guy. Fantastic. Uh, he's a new dad, too. Um, fantastic guy. Um, we met our first day of law school while, um, we were going to Publix and, um, I love this story. it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so we're like, you know, I was like grocery shopping. I was living with, uh, a UF graduate girl and we're grocery shopping, trying to like figure out, Oh, we need milk, whatever. And, um, like walking through and I recognized the guy from my section and he just had like a grocery cart full of beans. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking? Why are you buying all these beans? And then it hit me. He had like never lived off campus at the Citadel, so he had to like cook Figure for himself for the first time. Yeah, and you know the guy's like an awesome cook. We yeah. ate like we had meals later, but um, yeah, I mean, we're like 22, and he's just buying like a, a like like they can't go bad. You can't screw them up. You can eat them cold. You can eat well, them hot. It's just <laughs> <laughs> he had like 20 cans of beans, and I just talked to him like a month and a half ago, and I was like, dude, do you remember that? He's like, yeah, man. I remember. He's like, I, I had never, you know, I, I had never, like, I always had cafeteria or mess hall food, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, we had some wild experiences our first year. Um, I finally join up with him. And within, like, three months, he goes to Afghanistan for six months. Oh, wow. So we would, like, have to FaceTime and stuff to try to figure out, like, what's going on in his cases to keep an eye on the finances. Because he was always adamant about um, – he always wanted to keep an idea on our finances because he's much more business-minded than I am. Um as soon as he left, I hired a CPA because it's just not the way I think. But um, we would like FaceTime. It's just a weird um, experience. And it kind of made me appreciate a lot more for what military families go through. Um, because it's weird to see people on, you know, that are literally around the world and like. It's like three o'clock in the morning or whatever yeah. the case may be. You know? <laughs> well, and, like one time we were FaceTiming and um, we we're just talking about like, oh, business, this is due, whatever. And um, the screen goes just totally black. Jeez. Oh, and I'm like, man, it. I, I think Jeff just died. Right yeah, <laughs> and that's why I'm sitting there, and I'm like, maybe he'll call back. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, the the like worried boyfriend after my girlfriend hung up on me. And I sit there for like five or ten minutes, and I'm like, well, I don't know if he's going to call back. So I go home and tell my wife. And she's like, do you think he's okay? And I'm like, I don't know. He calls me later. How, how much later? Oh, it was like two or three days. So for oh, wow, a couple Jesus. days, I thought he was gone. <laughs> that's and awful. He, yeah, he told me like, like an ID or something hit a generator and shook everything up. And I was like, man, that's a nightmare. Like, that's terrible. And uh, he came back, uh, eventually came back from Afghanistan. He lived with me and my wife for a couple of days. And um, we stayed together for about another year after that, built an office. Um, eventually, we kind of just... Were uh, you in Ebor right off the bat, or did that happen? After? No, we actually started in a, a totally 
Rad uh, Executive Center near where Regina Hunter is. Oh yeah, you know back where in the, the yeah, back by Bubba's off studio and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I was just back there on Monday night as of my. Uh, Republican roundtable. I was the uh, token liberal on that. I, was I, thought, right back I, there. I assumed you were going to be a moderator. Yeah. Um, so when they expanded 275, they bought our office out. And the funniest part was the biggest uh, invoice we had that year for was our damages from the Florida Department of Transportation. When they bought us out, they had to buy out our lease. And um, <laughs> so we got a really good deal on that. Oh, wow. Then we moved to Ebor. So you actually bought there. the building? No. Oh. But as renters, we were entitled oh. to compensation. Oh, okay. So we got... Like mitigation on your rent for it was quite literally the biggest invoice. So the biggest check we got the first year That's was amazing. being bought out by F DOT. Yeah, it was awesome. And then so from there you moved to Ebor. Yes, very All much right. so. In the office that you're in right now, or we were on the upstairs. Upstairs, there's a couple. There's like six different offices. So there's a construction company that owns the building. Um, I think I mediated once using your upstairs conference room. Probably did. It's yeah. a great location. Yeah. I mean, they have a really—it's a nice conference room. I love your office. I think it's badass. You, I mean, it's brick, and you got the open, the not the drop ceilings, but what do you call them? The, the... oh, we have uh, like exposed ventilation. Yeah, it's just you feel like you're in Silicon Valley or something. <clears throat> well, that's office. the that's the vibe we're seeking. Yeah, yeah. New age, hip. New age, hip. But uh, you, you. I'm the... saying all that with a smile. On my no, face. I know, I know. Well, he's always got a smile on his face, but. Uh, you didn't just start well. So criminal defense, you'd done a little bit as a PD, but was your idea when you were coming out on your own to do criminal defense, or was it going to be something else? Or um, I think that's a difficult question. I think a lot of when you start is just whatever, whatever comes to your you. door. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because you, know, you were doing like a lot of collections work. And once I started, I had to pay the bills. You man. were doing PI work. Yeah. So uh, what we've done is we've kind of slowly moved um, closer into that PI. I mean, we open more PI files each year than we ever did before. So usually. Um, my goal is try to get five a month. As long yeah. as I can get five a month, I'm in good shape. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, that's way more than I had last year. Yeah. As long as I can keep opening those, I'm in good shape. Primarily now we're doing that and family. Um, I mean, you know it. Criminal defense seems to always roll in. Yeah. Um, you know. It, Are you still, like, on the conflict list or the appointed list or the? I, I am not in Polk. I have two more. Okay. And then I will say goodbye to Polk. I was actually there this morning with two great attorneys. You're always in Polk. On. Jesus, you're always in Polk. <laughs> It's Isn't my that second how the, the, so he was driving. Was it the Polk that the sledgehammer? Thing it was, happened? and I was thinking about that this morning. I was having like fl- flashbacks. So that was screwed up. <clears throat> it was terrible. It's probably like the scariest moment of my life. And you know, the really, I always kind of jokingly tell people I have a five-year-old, and whenever he says he's scared, I'm always like, you know, the real thing is the things you should be scared about. You don't have time to be scared about. He'll understand that someday. Um, so I'm like cruising to Polk um, just for another day of like resetting hearings. Exciting. Um, to stand in line for 30 minutes for two minutes with the judge. So I'm like driving and I'm watching sparks off the back of this truck. And I'm thinking like, oh man, I better get around it. I have like a Toyota Tundra. So I'm like weaseling around to the left. And, you know, I love Tundras. I had two Tundras and they kind of drive like cars, but this one's like super big. So I'm like gassing it and I can like, so I'm finally getting around this truck and I see something bounce off the back of it. And I'm like, oh, it's a rock, whatever. Well, then I feel something hit my car or my truck, and I'm like, well, that's not good. So I, like, you know, drive past, like, snap a picture of the truck company, give the guy the dirty look, uh, and I call the company. And uh, nobody's up because it's, like, 5.45 or 6 a.m. So I uh, pull into the Dunkin' Donuts in Bartow. I mean, when you hear at the end of the story, the fact that it was even driving still is amazing. It's a shout-out to Toyota and the fine folks of Toyota. This was built in Texas, Uh fun fact. But so Texas get, Toyota for your Toyota needs in Texas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as I as I pound the podium <laughs> yeah. with my my American flag jacket. Yeah. Um, so I finally like drive and they're like twenty miles, and my um, car temperature was going up slightly, and the only reason I was looking at it was I was like, man, my car just got hit by something. So I like pull into the Dunkin' Donuts and I'm finally just like, all right, whatever. So I look and my car's leaking stuff, and I knew nothing about cars, so I'm just like, that's not good, and I'm trying to like rationalize in my mind, oh, it's the air conditioning fluid. Like, I had the air on. It's not. It's like green. So, as fate would have it, a Geico representative, like a field rep, backs into beside me. And I'm like, this is God telling me, talk to her. Hey, ma'am, I'm a Geico person. Something just hit my car. She's like, you should call Wrecker immediately. I was like, thanks, Geico. Um, So, I call Wrecker, and I get, um, I think the Wrecker took me to court, if I remember correctly. But then, so I call my cases and I put out like an SOS on Facebook. Come and get me. Jason Rogozinski was there and he uh-huh. drives me back. So um, 
J- Jason and I have this like this just weird drive back from Bartow. As I'm like, I, I want to be a fly on a wall for you and Jason Rogozinski talking. It's just us talking fast. Neither of you have are at a loss of something to say and go a million miles per minute. And you know the funny thing is we probably weren't even talking about the same thing. Yeah. Like he was talking about something and I was talking about something and we were just giving each other yeah. the yeah. like the patience to talk. So I get back. And I, like, tell my wife what happened. She's like, oh, my God, that's crazy. A rock went through the front of your car or whatever. I was like, yeah, that's that sucks, but whatever. So the, the Toyota folks call me, and they're like, yo, you, is this your cell phone? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I want to be on the phone with you when I send you this. All right, man. So he sends it to me, and it was actually a sledgehammer. It was like a 10-pound sledgehammer head that went through the front of my car. So, And all I could think is, like, this is, a, this is the morbid part of the show, so if you don't want to listen, fast forward 15 seconds. I think we all think we're going to, like, you know um, – die like warm in our bed surrounded by our family and i'm like yo this thing could have hit me in the head six inches different you're and I, you're, you're not sitting in front of me right yeah now. and i just i wouldn't and even have time it like to... pierced the engine block didn't it went it? yeah it went through the radiator went I mean, through everything material much harder than a human skull much harder than my face yeah. yeah and i was like i wouldn't even had a chance to like piss my pants i would have just died yeah. and you know the kicker is like the truck would have just kept going going taking out a bunch of other folks and that would have been the end of it and that's what like i try to tell my kid whenever he says he's scared i'm like I mean, legitimately, that was probably like one of the top two or three scariest moments in my life, and it wasn't even really that scary until Toyota of Tampa Bay sent me. I still have the sledgehammer somewhere. Do you really? Yeah, I wanted to frame it. My wife's like, I don't know if you should frame it and put I it in your you office. Frame it. That'd be badass. I would be my first. Put it on your battle desk just to remind you of uh, the fragility of life. The... And, well, whenever a client says something mean to me, I'll be like, I survived this sledgehammer just, to the face. No, just to the car. And throw it at him. Yeah, I mean, so that like they fixed it. And the kicker was, I tried to get the. Um, my deductible paid by that trucking company. And I was like, look, man, I'm not trying to like, and I'm, this is not me like trying to make money. I just want to pay back. And they're like, well, you can't prove it was our sledgehammer. And I'm like, you're, you know what? You're right. I can't. Your guys didn't write their name on it. I was like, but I like snapped a I picture. a photo of, of you that I took because yeah. something fell off your truck. And... Well, and I was like, I mean, honestly, what I probably in hindsight should have done was like follow the truck to where it was. Yeah. But then, honestly, like in today's weird world, man, whatever. I had to pay like seven hundred bucks. I, I didn't die. You I didn't kiss my court. pants. You would have got a red issued on you for not being in court. Correct. Being in Polk County Jail. I'd still be in the jail waiting yeah. on my court date. That's right. <laughs> with my with my broke down tundra in the parking garage. That's hilarious. So uh, you said now you guys are more focused on PI and family. Um, Still no partner, though, right? Just you? No, just me. Now, did you have Kelly Mitchell work in, in your office or with you at some she point? She was of counsel for a while. Okay. We went to Stetson together. That's so crazy. I, I finally... So she's good friends with Damian McKinney, and yep. they travel with each other and all this other stuff, and uh, I just recently got a, a case with her, and she was a pleasure to work with, but I had remembered way back when you had told me that, but then I had forgotten, and in talking to her, she was... We were talking with each other, and she's like, oh, yeah, I used to work with John. I was like, oh, wait, that's right. You're, you, and it all kind of clicked into place. So I want to talk a little bit about Montana, if, if we could. At some point, you decided to uh, pick up some land over there in Montana. It's, How did that come about? Um, honestly, I owe it to uh, kind of one of my, my legal mentors, uh, uh, Judge Tharp. Um, oh, I was talking sell, to him. With, who's gonna? You were gonna buy his green egg. I bought or, his green egg. Did I you have buy his green it? Egg. Yes, I have his green egg. What's he doing now? Is he just hunting? And I think he's just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. I think he's happy with a smile. But yeah, he like, sure. you know, I was. Um, this is stressful work. It's difficult work. I was talking to him one day, and he's like, "Have you ever been to Montana?" And I'm thinking, like, "No, man. Why in the hell would I go to Montana?" So then, um, my wife and I are watching the intro to the Winter Olympics. Weird. And uh, my, my wife's having a couple glasses of wine, and. Only one town uh, was named. And they showed, like, the water tower in Bozeman. So my wife and I are like, that's pretty cool. My wife's like, book a trip there right now for spring break. All right. So I'm like, I don't know what the hell's in Montana. And the more I looked into it, nothing's in Montana. And I was like, you know what? That's what I need. I need nothing. Yeah. So we go to Bozeman. Like, stay in this cool little hotel downtown. Um, then we go to Big Sky for a couple days. And then we leave. When we're leaving, my wife's like, I really like it here. And I was like, well, that's weird, man. You don't like being cold. She's like it's relaxing you're relaxed here it just seems like a nice place we hire a realtor um, we go back that july and actually the first time we were there we looked at a piece of property and this is like my quintessential montana moment um we're uh snowshoeing to the building site because there's no roads and uh as someone that lives in south tampa that's just hard to imagine there yeah. are places where there are no roads it's yeah. not a grid perfectly yeah. so we like our our snowshoeing and our realtor got snowshoes that are the same size for my wife and i oh man so you're Sinking through the Not snow. doing real great. Yeah. So finally, we make it like 100 yards. If my wife listens to this, she'll say it's more like 15 yards yeah. for me. 
Um, and finally yeah, I sit down. Out. Well, I was like, look, we're on the top of this mountain. If I have a heart attack, the you realtor's gotta, like, you, yeah, she's like, you'll die. It's going to be like Everest. You're just going to always be up there frozen just leave for him. anybody. Yeah, I mean. Looking for new condos. And just people are constantly, <laughs> and I'm just constantly getting warrants issued for my clients' arrest because I'm yeah, not showing up yeah. at court. So um, my wife like checks it out. And this is my favorite thing about Montana. The property had been for sale for a year and a half. So I'm like, we can probably get this cheap, right? I'm from Tampa where everything's overpriced and you can just make a lowball so offer and they'll respond. I think I remember they home tuned your Yeah, car. we like make an offer. The guy's like, no, that's the price. I'm like, the asking price? Yeah, that's the asking price. That's what I want. I'm like, no thanks, man. So we end up buying a condo, Big Sky. Um, we love Big Sky. We can't go this year just for some various reasons, but we'll go back in July. Um, in July, it's home to the, it's the world's highest rodeo. It's awesome. And uh, they have like... Um, Live music. I bought tickets this year to go see uh, Riley Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a cool place. It's peaceful. I, 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 I want so badly to go. My wife and I look at it all the time. We talk about wanting to go out there. I talked to when Todd and I, Todd Satan and I were. Todd went with us. He's. I know that's that's that's. Where we had a long conversation. He told me all about it. I think like a bunch of people were sick or didn't even leave the I condo was the whole time. You were sick. And... I got my mom sick. But didn't you, like your mom or your dad get like lost on the mountain? Or yeah, my, so like on the way there, my my wife is like super independent and um, just like super does her own thing. And I'm like booking Delta flights. I'm one of my obsessions are Sky Miles. So I'm like, yo, I can get this cheap. I can get this, this, this. She's like, I don't want to go two connections. What are you talking about? <laughs> She's like, I don't want to go through two connections. I'm like, all right, whatever. So um, I book a flight from here to Detroit to Bozeman. Kind of a weird way to get there. We're kind of ignoring the hypotenuse. But um, my wife's like, I don't want to do this. If you ever write a book, please call it Ignoring the Hypotenuse. That's that. <laughs> that's, that's the best title ever. That's Yeah, it's, that's that's going to be chapter two of my memoirs. Um, so I'm like, all right, fine. My wife's like, I want to go on American. There's an American flight. All right, whatever. So her and my son fly American. Well, we're in Tampa, and the plane won't start. It's just like, and my dad and I are in the second row. My dad's engineer, and I don't like to fly. So I've taken like 10 milligrams of volume at this point. So I really don't care much. But my dad's like, this isn't good. The plane won't start. I'm like, what do you mean? How do you know that? He's like, I can hear the pilot. So we finally get to Detroit. We're now like three hours late. We've missed our connection. So they put us in this just, just this bad hotel. That I like pull up on Expedia. It's got like one star, which is, it's a really low standard of the executive It wasn't airport. really a murder. It was more of a. It was a manslaughter. <laughs> yeah, it, was it was a manslaughter. A manslaughter. Yeah. But I'm yeah. like, I'm We've just watched like the terrified. Sheets. We, yeah. <clears throat> so we like, they reset us the next morning and uh, my dad and I are flying or we got separated, which my mom's just like super excited now about the thought of flying to Montana with my sister and without me. So we're flying there and across South Dakota, I'm like telling my dad, I'm like, I think my sinuses are bad. He's like, you have the flu. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you're dripping wet with sweat. I can feel the heat off of you. You got the flu, man. So I, like, land in Bozeman. I can't pick my bag up. My, like, four-year-old at the time is, like, helping me pick my bag up. I told my wife, I was like, take me to a doctor. It's the only walk-in clinic in Bozeman. has this big mountain man that's the doctor. He's, like, denim, like a T-shirt. He's got, like, the doctor's jacket thingy. Yeah. And he, like, opens the door, and I've laid on the examining table. Just, <sighs> he goes, you got the flu. And I said, you don't want to do any tests? He's like, I don't need to do a test, man. I was like, you don't want to do a test? He's like, there's no reason a man like you should be laying on my table unless you have the flu. I was like, all right, man. Well, um, can I have some Tamiflu? He's like, you don't need Tamiflu. I was like, what? what am, I'm on vacation, you man. You a bottle of whiskey or something? No, he gives me two Tylenol oh, and geez. a cup of water. He's like, this will break everything. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, Tamiflu only helps just maybe take a little bit off of it. And I was like, dude, I'm here on vacation, man. He's like, the Tylenol will fix it. All right. Take a Tylenol. He gives me no prescriptions. And uh, I slept for 18 hours, only to wake up twice to have a bison chili. I love bison chili. Really one of Montana's features. So we finally get back to it. And uh, we like my wife and I get to go snowmobiling. But I had to lay in bed for three days. And it was just like freaking Todd out because yeah. he was in. So our condo is around units. your family, a stranger. Yeah. And I'm stuck in bed. Yeah. But I, th I forget how many miles him and his son skied. They skied like Todd's a 30 freaking animal. I've been trying to get him on here. He's got so many stories to tell, but yeah. <laughs> he does have some stories. Yeah. So. We'll, see, we'll see how many stories I'll tell. But I think you'll get like the PG version of eight stories. But his son and him, like they skied. I mean, they would wake up before we were out the door and they'd get home at like five and six o'clock. They would like miss dinner because my favorite restaurant in the world is uh, right down the mountain from us, a place called Buck T4s. It's like 
19 different types of meat. Oh, wow. And uh, most of it's from Montana. And if it's not from Montana, they have a story why they can't make it in Montana. Yeah. That's awesome. Again, very much Montana. And I'm like, dude, you have to eat here. Oh, man, we'll do our best. He almost missed our meal. It's the best part of the trip, man. So uh, before we wrap up, I'm not going to push you too hard, but uh, what are you thinking about Biden and Bernie and Trump? <laughs> I was hoping you were going to ask me about Van Halen because I would be the only person that didn't listen to Van Halen on your show. I thought Judge Taylor was the only one that we talked about Van Halen. No, uh, I think Lundy also listened to Van Halen. Uh, well, I mean, Van Halen's rad, but that's all right. I was afraid you were going to ask me about my concerts, and I was like going through my mind this morning. It's all country concerts. No, man, I mix it up. What else have you seen? Rebirth Brass Band. My wife and I used to go to New Orleans a lot before we had uh, two kids. In fact, my wife was pregnant when we went to New Orleans. We used to, I had a dog named Kermit after I've only, Kermit Ruffins. I've only... I've, <laughs> I've only met your wife once, and I, I, I need to get to know her better because uh, just just to live in a household with you, I, it takes a special <laughs> kind of person, I would imagine. So I'm... Um, and I mean that with, with every amount of respect uh, you're due. Well, this is... So she's pregnant, so she can't drink. And, That's uh, right. You got your second one on the way. You got a son right now who's about my daughter's five. age. Five, yeah. yeah. But um, so I'm doing... Uh, this is my first year as a Rough Rider, and uh, I'm like meeting... Um, these uh th these new guys and their wives and one of them's like your wife never comes around you know what what's going on with her and i said well she can't drink oh that's right she's pregnant does she drink and i was like oh my god i was like there you guys are gonna have hell to pay when she comes back and yeah. they're like why i was like next gasparilla so like next january she'll be hitting like prime form again yeah. and they're like should we be worried i was like you absolutely yeah, should be worried yeah. like ambulances they'll be by oh they'll be held and yeah white claw yeah. White wine, vodka, That's you awesome. name it. That's awesome. Champagne, big champagne fan. You're not getting out of the question, though. So what do you think about... Uh... <laughs> I think um, Biden versus Bernie. Well, do you think... Who do you pick out of those two? I know I know, it's not your, your team, but... Oh, I think Joe Biden, easy. And who do you think is softer mentally, Biden or Trump? Softer, what do you mean? You know, gaffes, forgetting people's names... Introducing your sister as your wife, like... Here's the thing, though. I don't think... So a friend of mine and I were talking about this this week. Um, you don't... I just pulled my sleeves down, which means it's time yeah, to get serious. Um, in America, you don't always have to be right. You just have to be loudest. Yeah. Trump will say things that aren't necessarily right, but they're loud and they sound... Sound right. Sound right. Yeah. That works. Yeah. But, you know, that's one of the things Joe Biden will end up... When his sentences, like on a low note and when you end your sentences on a low note it just sounds like you don't know what you're doing yeah, i mean it's the same thing as like this whole coronavirus thing i was like joking with my buddy John i was is like super super freaked out about the coronavirus i am well i got meningitis three yeah, years ago so i'm like I remember that. you have super, like have a porter like a bag oh i was in bad shape man and um i you know i'm like filing motions to continue from the hospital that's the joys of solo practice i know but um you know you don't have to be right you just have to be loudest yeah that's so it's a difficult question to answer. I mean, who do I think may be more truthful? I don't know the answer to that, but I know who sounds more right. Yeah. And that's probably Trump. Yeah. The Biden-Bernie thing, I think, really depends on um, what you're looking for in a candidate. You know, do, I think Joe Biden is much more of a... Um, Personality. Well, he's guy. much more of a status quo guy. Yeah. You know, do I think Bernie Sanders is going to shake things up? I think he's going to try to. The problem he's going to run into is whether Republicans can keep the Senate yeah. and if they can – they may be able to pull the House back, too, if he wins yeah. the nomination, yeah. which – That's just going to be a stalemate. Right. I mean, he can same. try to do things through executive order, but we'd hold those things up in the court forever. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to not be as involved in it now as I was the last time around because it didn't do me any favors the last time around. But uh, it's interesting to see what's happening. You know, I, I – Posted something yesterday about uh, Warren should have dropped out before the Super Tuesday because she kind of was a major chance. ding on on uh, Sanders and uh, Ben Stechschulte's wife like lit me up. Well, I saw Ben just got his uh, Amy Klobuchar yeah, but stuff it's Amy, on Facebook. Like Amy Nell, so yeah, but you know the kicker of it is um, you're all's third candidate now is Tulsi Gabbard. So shout out Tulsi. I know. I like all, Tulsi Gabbard. All my Republican friends like Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I don't know how she's paying for her campaign. But it's like one of my buddies and I were debating. Like, she's staying in the race. Well, she doesn't run ads. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like. What's it cost her? Right. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm just not, I'm not backing out. Be a voice, yeah. I don't, I think the problem for Biden and Bernie, 
to beat Trump is they're going to have to be real tactical with who they pick as vice presidents. They can't pick people that are the same as them. But the problem is if Bernie picks somebody like Biden, then he's going to be looked at as a sellout by his hardcore sure. fans. Same thing as Biden. If he picks like someone way closer to the left, he's going to run into the same challenges as being a sellout from Democratic establishment that backed him and probably led to his Super Tuesday success. I mean, I, 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 I kind of feel like Pete's going to get the tap from somebody. But we'll see. I don't know. He's all right. Yeah. I don't, have any, I don't have any beef with him. He's good. I like him. I know some people think he's corporate America or something, but I, I, who knows? He's an army vet. He speaks seven languages. He's a, a gay man. I mean, Here's the thing else. about this country. The power in this country, you ready to get real conspiracy yeah, theory, yeah. and the federal courts and the banks. Yeah. I mean, that's where – I mean, people, and you know, the kicker is people, like, know their local judges, but they don't know their federal judges. Right. Those guys really have a lot more power than people think, and once they're in, they're in. Yeah, lifetime appointment. And the banks, the insurance industry. I mean, doing insurance defense work, there were times we would, like, we would end up uh, consulting with Lloyd's, Lloyd's of London. And you're realizing that this, like, company that nobody really ever heard of in London is backing these million, two million, three million dollar policies for um, the companies that we see on commercials right. here. And that, I mean, that's, those are the people that really hold the power. Right. That's crazy. Well, I really appreciate you coming by on a Friday afternoon. I've been asking you to do it for weeks. Uh, I know that you've been a quote-unquote grouch, but uh, <laughs> I didn't find you to be as such here. Thank you so it's much Friday. for coming by. I know, I know. What do you, what do you got planned this weekend? I'm going to get haircut. Oh, no, you need one. And I also wanted to say my favorite band is the Turnpike Troubadours. Turnpike Troubadours. I don't know who they are. Well, this is. I have to interject this. This is. Um, they've been on a hiatus because Miranda Lambert broke the lead singer's heart and eyes in rehab. Oh, really? Wasn't Miranda Lambert? Who's the one who's married to what's-his-face? Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. But then she had an affair with the lead singer of my group. Oh, okay. Because I'm, you know, top 1% listeners, according to Spotify in the world. <laughs> so, which was... I'm the top 1% of Frozen 2 soundtracks. So well, that, you know, honestly, it was the biggest accomplishment I had this year. Yeah. And I really, you know, Spotify <laughs> I'm for I'm very me, proud. I want to thank God uh, yeah, for I, producer. I, I wanted to, dad, like... Jesus Christ. Well, I tried to capture it on my phone, like, take a picture yeah. of it. But it was gone because I wanted to send it to my wife. That's how proud I was. Um... But yeah, they're on a hiatus. I'm going to make you listen to them. That's going to be your, your trade-off for I'll, this. I'll try anything. And I can't even say, like, I've been to a Turnpike Troubadours concert because, unfortunately, they're in the middle of a hiatus. Well, that's okay. I'll, I'll check it out, and I'll get back to you. I'll write a book report for you on it. Just, uh, just one page, ABA, please. All right. All right. Thank you so much, John, for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, you, so it's family law, criminal defense, personal injury. BHTampa.com. BHTampa.com. You're going to leave the H in there. So, yeah, I've... You had enough, what is it, sweat equity in that URL that it doesn't make <laughs> sense to change it? I don't want to, yeah, it, and it's it's familiar. I, I don't like change. I'm big into patterns. I don't want to change so, it. So, BH Tampa, uh, find him online. His office is a great office in Ebor. He's on social media. I've known John for probably, I don't know, eight years, ten years. He's an amazing attorney, amazing individual, hard worker, he is a true believer. He fights for his clients. And, uh, you know, I worry about his health sometimes, how hard he <laughs> fights for his clients. But uh, he's, a, he's just, a, he's just a, a good egg, and you should seek him out. So thank you again for being on. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care, John.